Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. All right, let's do it. First Timothy chapter one, new week, new book. Just came out of uh, first and second Corinthians. Um, so today, um, a pastoral or personal epistle from of Paul to his protege, Timothy. Um yeah, so some of the latest or some of the last writings of the Apostle Paul were those letters to Timothy. So this is a later, uh, older apostle speaking. Um, so, yeah, First Timothy chapter 1. You know what we do? We read, we pray, change the world. So thanks for being here. Let's see what the word of the Lord has to say to us today. Paul, good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, Brenda. No, no, no. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the command of God, our Savior and Christ Jesus, our hope. By the command of God, our Savior and Christ Jesus, our hope. Interestingly, uh, in Rome, Nero uh, forced people to call him Savior. He, he, he insisted he be called Savior. So this is kind of a, a, a sort of a stance against that, who the true Savior of human, humanity is. Com by the command of God, God is our Savior. No, Caesar's not our Savior. God is our Savior. No political system is our Savior. <clears throat> no ruler is our Savior. God is our Savior. And, our, and Christ Jesus is is our hope. Yes, indeed he is. Good morning, Deb. Good morning, Trish. To Timothy, my true son in the faith. Timothy wasn't his biological son. It was a son in the faith. Um, he led Timothy and his mother to Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you when I was when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrine any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. So Paul's like, man, he wants Paul uh, Timothy to command the people in Ephesus to stop teaching that junk, stop teaching false doctrine. And to get caught up in endless genealogies, myths. You know, sometimes Christians can get, we can get caught up in stuff too. Like, you know, just insignificant things that in the end of the day don't matter. And we spend all this energy and focus on these uh, intellectual games when the world needs Jesus. <laughs> all the while, the world needs Jesus. And so, you know, you got your 
arguing over, not that some of these things aren't important, but they're not ultimate, you know, so people or, or uh, even arguing over end times theology, you know, you're premillennial, amillennial, postmillennial, dispensational, you know, and all these debates over end times theology is important. It's important, but it can't be consuming over prof- prophecies and interpret the t- days and the seasons. You see, we get cut out, caught up in that. And so, um, you know, are, are things in scripture like, well, how did this happen? I don't understand this. And, you know, what about Jonah and the fish? What kind of fish was that? Like, what? You read the book of Jonah and all you can think about is a big fish. You miss the whole point. <laughs> you miss the whole point of the story. Get on, get in arguments over, you know, creation theology, like what, how did it actually happen? What was the order of events? You know, was it seven, the little seven day the, uh, creation? Was it, um, you know, old earth, young earth? I mean, all those have their place. I think they're important, but it's not essential. Creation is essential. Creation theology is essential, but the, you know, where you come out on that at the end of the day is not the most important thing. So, yeah, so apparently in, in Ephesus, they're arguing over genealogies and, you know, all this stuff. And Paul's like, just tell them to stop it. Such things promote controversial speculation rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. That's good to have, right? A pure heart, a good conscience and sincere faith. Man, I say let's have that today. Let's have a... Let's let's be filled with love, which comes from a pure heart, have a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. Again, they got some that are just going over and over the same junk, but they've they've, they've strayed from love and a good conscience and sincere faith. They want to be teachers of the law. But they do not know what they're talking about, <laughs> and what they are, so, and what they so confidently affirm. You know, some people, say, some people are so confident in what they affirm, but they don't know what they're talking about. It's like you just you just talking with off the side of your neck, man. You're just talking. Yeah, you don't. You have no expertise in this matter. That's what was happening. Some of these false teachers. They were talking. They were talking. They had a lot to say, but it was meaningless. They didn't know what they're, what do you say? I love that sort of side jab there. They want to be teachers of the law, but they don't know what they're talking about. That's only one problem. <laughs> they want to be teachers of the law. There's only one problem. <clears throat> they, don't, they don't have a clue what they're talking about. Verse eight. Welcome, everybody. Happy Monday morning. New week, new book. First Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 8. We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. Well, what was the purpose of the law? The purpose of the law was to reveal sin. That's what the law did. The law did not provide a remedy for sin, 
the law revealed that there was sin. It revealed that there that we fall short. It revealed that we don't measure up. It revealed it revealed the problem. It was like an X-ray or an MRI of our spirit. That's what the law did. No one said, take two MRIs and call me in the morning. <laughs> it just reveals the problem. Oh, uh, what'd your doctor do for that thing you were uh, struggling with? Uh, he had me do some lab work. Did that solve the problem? Like the lab work? Did that solve the problem? I don't know. I just going to go back and do some more lab work. <laughs> Eventually... Eventually, you got to get beyond the lab work. You know what I'm saying? Like, lab work doesn't, lab work, x-rays, MRIs, they don't, work. they don't solve the problem. Just like the law didn't solve the problem of sin. That's why Jesus came. Um, so, the law is good. It's good in what it, what it, what it does. Um, if one uses it properly. How to use it properly. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for the lawbreakers and rebels. Why? Because if your heart is directed, a pure heart towards God, the, the law is uh, assumed. You're going to keep the law. But for those who are lawbreakers, the law comes into play because it reveals that you're going outside the lines. Um. Okay, verse 9. We also know that the law was made, is made not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and the sinful. These are uh, synonyms, same thing. Lawbreakers, rebels, ungodly, sinful, all words for the same thing. The unholy and the irreligious, for those who kill their fathers and mothers, for murderers, for the sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for slave traders and liars. And perjurers. How about that? And for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me. Mm, mm, mm. He said a whole lot of stuff right there, man. He said a whole lot of stuff. The law wasn't made for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels and unholy and irreligious. And then he started listing some. Like, here's some examples of what I'm talking about. You know why? You know, you know, you know why Paul got given an example? Because nobody thinks they're the sinner. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, just like everybody sitting in church today. I mean, on usually that's how we sit in church with these days. We sit in church saying, Man, I wish so and so heard this. Woo! Man, I wish they were here to hear this. They sure they sure could use this. Uh, yeah, so Paul God said, let me list some. Let me give you some examples because most of y'all don't even think I'm talking about you. So he said, let me throw, let me throw a couple examples out there. This it's not an exhaustive list, it's just a sample. It's not even a list of the worst or most vile. It's just an example. So some of the things that was that's what I'm talking about. Those who killed their father and mother, and everybody's like, whoo, I'm glad. See, not talking about me. Not talking about me. For murderers, ain't talking about me. 
for the sexually immoral. Immoral. Oh, I got to go. <laughs> oh, I got to go. Now they like. Oh, now they talking to me. Um, for those practicing sexual or practicing homosexuality. Oh no. For slave traders. Those who are racial, racist. Although slave trade in the first and in, in antiquity was not race based at all. It was social. It was social. A, a, a slave in the first century uh, had the same skin pigmentation as the master. It, had, it did not have to do with race. Um, and liars and perjurers. But Paul still said you can't be slave. You can't trade in people. They ain't right. Then it's so like, well, I never, I never traded slaves. And then they go, and he says, uh, and liars. Oh my goodness, I got man. What? I, I didn't hear what he said. What? What did he say? I didn't hear what he said. I was, I'm sorry, I, I blanked out there. I didn't hear what he said. He said liars. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Perjurers. And whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. This is important, man, because Paul's going to talk about Christ came to save sinners. Well, the first thing you got to realize, people got to realize they're sinners. Based, you know what? People got to realize they're, 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 uh, they're sinners. He's going he's gonna to go into that right now. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength. That he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer. Paul's like, I was, I was full of sin myself. I was a blasphemer, blaspheming God, and a persecutor, and a violent man. Pilate, what? Uh, Paul wasn't a happy person. <laughs> Paul, Paul was not a happy person before he met Jesus. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. That's how he was before he met Jesus. He was ignorant. He was ignorant of who Jesus really was. Verse 14. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Man, grace, faith, and love are poured out. And he's poured that out on us too, hasn't he? Hasn't God poured out grace, faith, and love on us? Paul's just giving testimony right now. He's like, man, I was a blasphemer, persecutor of the church. But the grace of our Lord Jesus was poured out on me abundantly along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Whoa. So 15, here is a trustworthy saying. I like this. You, got, you ready to underline this? This is worth underlining. Here is a trustworthy saying and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. It's kind of what we're just talking about. This is great news. Once you realize you're a sinner. Paul's like, I got to list a few sins because nobody thinks they're a sinner. That's our, that's our problem today. I'm not, I mean, I, I can't, I can't, I don't even, know if I, should, I can't go off on this tangent. It's a pet peeve of mine. Everybody's broken, but nobody's a sinner. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
<laughs> oh Lord, that, it's acceptable, but it's acceptable. It's acceptable to be broken, but not a sinner. I'm just broken. No, you're a sinner. No, I'm just broken. Well, yes, and you're a sinner. Don't feel, don't I mean, don't mean to hurt your feeling. I'm broken, yes, and I'm a sinner. The reason I'm broken is because I'm a sinner. We don't want, but that, that that language just hurts our feeling. Well, you sometimes your feeling need to get hurt. So we know no one knows the good news because they're scared of the bad news. So you gotta read the X-ray, man. You broke. You're a sinner. But we tell that. I mean, we, we even teach that to people now, like to our kids. Like they're not. We teach. We teach them they're great, and they. I mean, our kids are great. We love our kids. We love our children. We love young people. But we also have to tell them that in the sight of God, they're sinners. Until they repent. Because he can't, God loves you. God loves you. You matter to him. You're perfect. You can do anything you want to do. You can do any. You're awesome. You're great. You're perfect. And you're told that your whole life. Why do you think, why, why are we surprised when they don't think they need Jesus? If I'm great, I'm perfect just the way I am. Why do I need Jesus? But Paul says, look, here's something just trustworthy saying and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul says, of whom I am the worst. I think Paul's like, I don't think Paul's, you, you know, exerting any false humility here. I think he really, I mean, he really feels like, man, it's a miracle I was saved. It's a, it's an, he's really humbled by the gracious act of God in saving him, given how uh, opposed he was to the church and to Jesus. It's like, I'm the worst. And I, the reason I say that is because watch this, he's going to launch into a doxology. <laughs> and look, when you look, that's the glory of it. When we admit that we're sinners and we own that, like I do not deserve the grace and mercy of God. I'm a sinner. And that, that that hits different. That feels different than just saying I'm broken. No, I'm a sinner. I have I have willingly violated laws of God. I have done things that opposed to God's will and, and intention for my life and for uh for what I should be doing. I've fallen short. When I own that and realize that without a savior, I sit under the condemnation of sin. I must give account for my sins. I must give account for my uh, willful transgressions against God. And then I realized that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ was extended to me and paid all of my penalty uh, took away the penalty for all of my sins, every single one of my transgressions against a known law of God and those unknown to me, that Jesus paid that and in exchange extended to me grace and love and mercy 
then something happened. Then gratitude launches in our spirit. And that's exactly what Paul is. He's like, this is a trustworthy saying and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came to save sinners. And this is just as trustworthy and true. I was among the worst. But watch this. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience. <laughs> yes, Paul's saying, I was the worst of sinners, but God saved me so that by saving a worthless like me, a persecutor of the church like me, a vile offender like me, he might display his immense glory. Woo! His immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him. And watch, he's going to start praising right now. He's going to start praising. He's like, I'm, I was a sinner, worse a sinner, been saved by the abundant grace of God. Watch this. Now, <laughs> to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. That's what happens, man. When we acknowledge that we are sinners and we acknowledge that Christ came to save sinners, that means he came to save me. And then you launch into praise. King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God to be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. What Paul's doing? Paul's thinking about his salvation. He was on the road to Damascus to destroying the church in the lowest place, hurting people, destroying people, fighting against the work of God. God mercifully saved a sinner like him. And he launches into praise when he thinks about it. Do you think about it, man? When you think about what God has done in your life, that God saved you, a sinner, that met you in your place of sin and saved you, it should ignite a fire in your heart of adoration and praise to God. Oh, man. To the only God, immortal, invisible, be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. I think if our if we people understood more that they're sinners, they would feel more of the rejoicing and victory and delight of knowing what it means to be saved. Mm. Mm. It's gratitude, right? Gratitude. If people that think they did God a favor by coming to Jesus, they aren't that grateful. But when you know, man, you had nothing to offer and God gave you everything. That's that's where just gratitude, a well of gratitude springs up. Verse 18, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. So that you, so that by recalling them, you might fight the battle well. Stay in the game, man. Stay in the game. Holding on to faith and good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to their faith. Don't, some people have shipwrecked their faith. Among them are Hymenius and Alexander, whom I've handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. What's Paul say? There's some people that I've just washed my hands up. They're blaspheming the grace and mercy of God, so I've just washed my hands of it, turned them over, and let. They they're chasing after Satan and the the, the ways of the enemy. I'm gonna let them go. 
All right, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on today. Some good stuff. This is a here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. You don't want to know. You want to know what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Christ Jesus came into the world. That baby in, was born on Christmas Day to save sinners. That's what Christmas is all about. Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom, how many of us right, can raise our hand and say, of whom I am the worst. Praise be to our glorious God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and grace. Lord, thank you for the truth of the gospel, that we are sinners, that there is not one righteous, no, not one, that all have sinned and fall short of your glory. And so, Lord, we acknowledge that. We acknowledge that, but for the grace of God, we would be lost forever in our sin. That more than just brokenness, our brokenness is a result of our sinfulness. Our brokenness, Lord, is, was, is a result of our sinfulness, our disobedience to you, our not following your will and your way and your purposes and your plans. But thanks be to your glorious name that on one day you found us, you saved us, you redeemed us, you turned us away from a life of destruction and gave us hope and life. And as Paul said, you poured out onto us an abundance of faith and love. We are so grateful for that, Lord. We pray that that gratitude would always be evident in our lives. That we are thankful for your grace and your mercy. Lord, may your people be a grateful people. When people encounter us, may they sense that person is grateful. <laughs> that person, he or she, she loves God and is grateful for what God has done. Lord, let that be true of our lives and that if people encounter us, see that and know that. Lord, I pray for my friends today. May you bless and encourage each and every one of them. Lord, I know that you love them with a passionate love with the love of a great father, full of kindness and generosity and grace and truth. So would you just pour out your blessing upon them today for those who are facing trials or obstacles today or challenges, Lord, may you give them strength, may you give them peace, may you give them patience uh, and confidence through your glorious riches in Christ. Lord, I thank you so much for your goodness today. We look forward to seeing what you're going to do and teach us today as we walk into this day with our eyes open, our hearts open, and our ears tuned to the Spirit of God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, y'all. Amen. God is good. Man, I'm glad God saved me. (laughs) A lot of people probably glad. Right? Aren't you just, sometimes you just got to say, just say it out loud. God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Mm, mm, mm.
Yeah. Love you guys. You guys are awesome. You're the best. Thank you for being on today. Hope you guys have a fantastic day. We'll be in second chapter tomorrow, same time. Hope to see you there. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.